Tim Blankenshapiro, Divorce661.com with your daily perspective, episode 51, where I go over what I do, clients I helped, issues clients are having, people going through an amicable divorce, the process can still be challenging. Again, Tim Blankenship, and I am a legal document preparer in California. I assist clients going through amicable divorce. We have two types of clients, people who start with us from scratch, and other, and the other half of my business is people who hire me after they've filed for divorce and got stuck somewhere in the process. We can assist you. Uh, make sure to comment in this video. I do uh, once in a while, maybe every two weeks, we'll go through the comments and I will uh, do videos in the in the dialogue of what I do every day and answer those questions. The questions do not have to be relative to the uh, content of this video. I also want to thank everybody uh, for your trust. We have been super busy um, handling divorce cases. have been doing this 12 years now. This has probably been one of our busiest, not this year, but just in 12 months, 12 months running in general, we do a lot of, I should say, I do a lot of video content. I know that's how most of you are finding me. Uh, so thank you for your trust in allowing me to help you with your divorce. Uh, first thing we always go over is the stats for the day. Uh, seven new consultations we had today, seven new cases total. Um, these were a combination of new cases and cases we took over for clients who already started. And these weren't folks that did a consult today, consultation today, and then hired me today. We do probably on average 30 consultations a week, more or less. And they hire me in various stages. Some the same day, we had uh, two hire me the same today who I spoke to today. And the remainder were people I spoke over the last, spoke to over the last couple of days, weeks, months, or even not years, but maybe, you know, six, eight months ago, uh, people get started at their own process uh, in their own, at their own speed. Some people are ready to go and pull the trigger when they talk to me. Some people are just gathering the information and all of that's fine. We're here and ready to help you with your amicable divorce whenever you're ready. So again, seven new cases total. Uh, looks like uh, uh, Van out of Van Nuys Court, Chatsworth Court, Central Court, um, Pasadena Court. Uh, two were cases that we took over, as I mentioned, uh, one in Alameda and another in Central. Today, I spent most of my time drafting settlement agreements. So the, the, the phase of working with me is quite fast, but it looks like this. When you hire me, if you haven't already filed for divorce, we do the initial uh, documents, get those out to you for signature, and then we e-file those with the court. Then I send you a worksheet uh, to uh, with a kind of a template, an example. It's not a court form. It's just an internal document that uh, asks you to provide me the terms, just the raw data terms. Uh, who's keeping what? Uh, what do you want to do for custody, et cetera? When they get that to me, then I draft all the final paperwork, the judgment package, settlement agreement. And today I did nine of them. And they take me a solid hour per to do. Yes, I've been up since 4 a.m. this morning doing that. If you're wondering why by 5 p.m. how I got that done. Uh, it, it's a lot of work. We get um, a, a lot of people got me their information. And when they get their settlement agreement terms to me, I want to get them uh, their settlement agreement, their judgment drafted right away. Usually what that looks like is another back and forth where they may have missed something or have questions, want to clarify something, maybe need some account information and so forth. Um, and then we'll do one more round. And if everything's good, we can send that out for signatures. I had a new quadro today, qualified domestic relation order. We started a new, uh, this was for a past client who we did their divorce and now they're ready to do the pension division. If you are uh, dividing a, a 401k pension, et cetera, you will need to go through this quadro process. Okay, here's what kind of came up today. Um, because I was spending so much time uh, doing settlement agreements, I could talk about what those were, and I think I will just as an intro before I get into what we talked about. The majority of these uh, 
settlement agreements I drafted today were the gamut of short-term marriage, long-term marriage, kids, no kids, um, assets and debts, no assets and debts. And they all had a common thread. Obviously, they were amicable. <clears throat> excuse me. But number two, I want to say all of them had, even though they had children, had just a joint legal and joint physical parenting plan. They didn't have specifics. Maybe one had you know, alternating holidays or some little bit of a guardrail. But joint legal, joint physical, that's all you need to have. Um, I think only one out of these nine had child support that had kids. Let's say there were six that had kids. One wanted child support. The other five did not. And that's pretty typical with our clients. It doesn't mean they're not doing child support. It just means they don't want to have child support, an official child support order as part of their settlement agreement. We can put reserved and then you can handle that outside of court. Um, and then as far as assets and debts, like, like I said, some people uh, did, some people didn't. The ones that did, uh, the majority of them were each keeping their own assets and debts. So yes, it's true. Uh, you know, the court will not interfere with your decision-making process. It's probably one of the most common questions I get on the consultations. They're not going to look at any level of fairness. In fact, one of the consultations I had today, they said, oh, so they're not going to, you know, I don't have to say that I have a million dollars in my 401k. I said, no. Are you keeping 100% of it? And he said, yes. I said, then we're going to say you're keeping 100% of XYZ 401k. And that's it. And we do that for two reasons. One, the courts don't need that information. And number two, um, for your privacy. I don't want to list your whole account information, social security number, driver's license, and hey, you got a million bucks, by the way, at Fidelity. I don't think that's, uh, I don't think people need to know that information. The courts don't, so why should anybody anybody else? So yeah, when it comes to settlement agreements, you guys call the shots. I don't get involved in deciding what you do. I can offer assistance and uh, helpful tips. And if you say, Tim, this is what we want to do. Can we do this? I'll probably say, absolutely. I'll just tell me what you want and I'll put it in the language that would be sufficient to the court. Um, so yeah, that was settlement agreements today. So number one, what I want to talk about, I have a couple things for you guys. Number one, 2019 divorce case I finalized today. Uh, they had spouse support hearing in 2019, and then they tried to finalize uh, their divorce over the last you know years. So since 2019, so four or five years. So what I want you to get out of this is if you have a hearing and an order is made, you still need to finalize your divorce and submit the judgment package. This this is not something that happens too much with our clients. In fact, it's it's been a while, and that's why I wanted to comment on this. So if you're working through me from scratch and we're just starting your divorce process, there are no hearings. There's no court. The judge isn't making decisions on anything. Custody, child support, spouse support, property division. The court isn't involved in that at all. You tell me what you want. You get what you want. These were folks that started their own divorce in 2019, and the wife wanted spouse support. So she filed a, a motion. It's called a request for order. And uh, they went to a hearing and they showed their finances and they had been married 32 years, I believe. And so the court ordered uh, spouse support. So then they thought they were done. Then three years went by and they probably got a notice from the court saying, hey, your divorce isn't done. Um, and then they tried to turn in their judgment like two or three times. It was rejected over and over again. So they hired me. And the point of the story is if you go to a hearing and you find yourself in this position where you went to a hearing for anything, custody, whatever, and then you guys reach an agreement and you're turning in your settlement agreement, um, you still need to um, you still need to finalize your divorce. And in this case, they had what's called a minute order. So if you go to a request for her, when you have that little mini trial, if you will, if that makes sense, uh, the court, the judge is going to make a decision. Well, the clerk's going to write down that, write that down on what's called a minute order. Now, that minute order is not the order per se. That needs to be turned into a order after hearing, which they never did, but they continue to, you know, he paid the support as ordered by the judge. Fine. 
when we go to do the settlement agreement here five years later, uh, we're going to incorporate the terms of the order of the court from the judge, but we're not going to just attach that minute order. You cannot attach the minute order to your judgment package as part of your settlement agreement. You just take the language from that settlement, from that minute order and incorporate that into the spouse support order or FL 343 when you turn in your judgment package. And we already, they heard us yesterday. We did that already, uh, got that all packaged up today and they just have to e-sign because a response was filed. I don't need a notary and we can e-file that as soon as they both sign. Number two, consultation um, was about to file a response and, and working with me how you can avoid that. So consultation today, um, you know, people watch a lot of my, my videos, which I appreciate. And so when they call me, they've already done a lot of their due diligence, uh, understand the divorce process, the court process, what has to be done. What people miss sometimes is the fact that I talk quite a bit about doing a default with agreement versus uncontested. So the, these folks in this consultation, and this is, I want you to pay attention to this because this, this is where I can save you. When you are, when your spouse files, so this would not, this would be a, a circumstance where you guys have not used my service and you or your spouse are starting the process on your own. This is what normally happens. Spouse A files for divorce, and then it says, okay, serve your spouse with a copy of the response. Uh, you, so you serve your spouse, there's a copy of the response, and then on the summons it says you've been served with divorce. Uh, you have 30 days to file a response. So everyone assumes that that has to be has to happen. It does not. So in this consultation, the point of the story was in this consultation, he said, yeah, Tim, I was served and, you know, we're amicable. We're still living together. I know I need to file the response. I only have a week left to do that. And I know the disclosures need to be done in 60 days. So he's going kind of going down the rules. And uh, I said, OK, hold on. We don't need to file a response if you're amicable, number one. We talk about a lot how if by filing the response, it's not wrong, but it triggers another $435 court fee, which is totally unnecessary. Uh, so go the default with agreement route. It's exactly like you file the response without having to pay the fee. There's just slightly different forms. So they already hired us, already saving 435 bucks. Why is that good for me? I don't know, save people money. Plus it helps offset the cost for my services, right? They would have spent $435, as many do, and then hire me later after they've already responded. We get that a lot where they've already gotten through that response process unnecessarily or file that uh, apparent stipulation and waiver form, which triggers another $435 fee too. We talked about that last week. Definitely there's some benefits in um, working with me from scratch. Um, one of the consultations I had today, this is number three, and skip ahead. Number three, the um, uh, guy hired me today, they were out of, I think this was Sa Alameda County. They had already filed and served, and the paperwork was actually done correctly. Thank God, so we didn't have to amend anything. They did a good job on that. But they had no assets, no assets or debts. They had there's going to be no spouse support, no children, and it was a two month marriage. Had they hired me from scratch, I probably would have done that as a summary dissolution. They're amicable, cooperative. They're in two different states, but I would have done that as a summary dissolution. And here's why. Everything he did in the petition and, and, and serving was correct. They did this in September, almost, what, so four or five months ago they filed, and they're amicable, <clears throat> and here they are in an unfinished divorce status. So I already, so he hired me, I prepared their settlement agreement, uh, again, we did the, the narrative style versus the forms for Alameda County, and it was pretty straightforward. No assets or debts, no kids, each keep their own et cetera, et cetera. I knocked out all the judgment forms and the settlement agreement. I already sent that out to him so he can go get signatures. But consider this as the alternative. If we had done this as a summary dissolution, it's basically six pages of documents. Nobody gets served. No notary is needed. 
And it's a much simpler process. In fact, I would have only needed one signature from the respondent in this summary dissolution case. So definitely a benefit in working with us because I can, in the consultation, I can say based on what you guys have going on and the circumstances, the length of marriage, if there's kids, I will set you on one of the various paths that I think would be best for you to get your divorce uh, finalized easily and quickly. So number three, here's my notes. Working with the courts can be frustrating. Um, and I, you know, and I know, you know, this, if you're watching my videos, you guys are dealing with the courts. I've been doing this for 12 years. I still get frustrated because I know what I'm doing is correct. And when I get rejections from the court, um, that are different than I know is the policy and keep in mind, I work with every court in California. So there's going to be a little bit of differences between the courts. The process is the same. Um, and because we file so many cases, uh, I think we did 42 divorce cases uh, last in January. So because we do so many, we're filing with almost all the courts every month. And some of the smaller courts, um, you know, not every month, uh, maybe once every couple of months. But the processes are the same, but they can have some different nuances uh, with what the way they do things. And for instance, uh, we had a Tulare County um, case that uh, appeared to go online for online e-file of the entire judgment. So we e-filed that and it all showed accepted. And then, you know, normally that takes, you know, a month or two for process, processing of the judgment. Well, I check in on that case and it turns out that they accepted everything, but not the judgment part, not the 180, the 190 settlement agreement and all that. So um, I called them up. Of course, there's no answer. You, you know how it is. You guys are doing this. You probably tried to call the court. And if you did, if you haven't, um, that's what you can expect. But um, I just hung up and I said, I know what's going on. They accepted everything, e-file, but not the judgment. And here's why. Here's the most ridiculous thing. Um, they can't generate envelopes. So when you turn in your judgment package, you know how you have to make all the envelopes, you have like, like large envelopes addressed from the court to you with postage paid so they can send you the judgment once it's approved. Same for the 190, same for the request center default, FL165. That's their hangup. That's why they won't allow the judgment to be prepared because they don't want to make up the envelopes. And so most courts that allow e-file only allow e-file of the initial petition. Some of the procedural documentation documents they will allow as well. But why am I going to e-file, like in this case, part of the judgment package, the forms, but not the judgment itself? That makes no sense to file that electronically but and then turn the judgment in separately. What we normally do is just file the entire judgment in one go. So I, I really want these courts to come online because it would make the process for you much smoother and make the process for me much smoother. But until that happens, I mean, I think in some of these courts, we're still several years away from this being as smooth as a process it is for L.A. County. Um, the e-file with L.A. County, I, I feel like I shouldn't even talk about it some more because, I, um, you know, it's, it's amazing. I feel bad for you if you don't live in L.A. County because your divorce process is going to take four to five months where in L.A. County I can get it done in five weeks. You don't know the difference except for me, you know, talking all the time, telling you that it's, but for me, I know, gosh, I could have had, if you're in LA County, I could have had your divorce done in five weeks, but instead of five months. So I feel bad for you if you're not in LA County. And I really wish we could fast forward like three, four, five years to where everyone allows everything to be e-filed from very start to finish. It'll be a very nice process for all involved when that happens. But there's a lot of things that, that frustrate us. I had a quadro that we finalized a couple of weeks ago. And if you're the petitioner and you're doing a default with written agreement, so the respondent hasn't responded, if we're then doing a quadro, we draft the quadro in the petitioner's name. 
And the reason we do that is so there's no additional court fees when we file the quadro. If we were to turn that in in the respondent's name, then the courts it would trigger a $435 fee because you're filing a form as a first appearance fee, and they would want to they would want to charge you that fee. So we always purposely draft the quadros in the petitioner's name when there's no response filed. If there's a response filed, it doesn't matter. But in this case, it, it was Riverside Court. And we turned in the quadro like we always do at various courts in California. And they kicked it back saying the respondent needs to pay their first appearance filing fee because they're signing this order. So one of two things. This is an internal court or even clerk or judge ruling that they want, that they want these fees paid. Or what I really think it was is a misunderstanding of how this works with the clerks. There's been a whole host of cl clerks that have left over the years. Uh, there's, a, As you know, there's a lot of uh, delays with getting settlement or judgments approved by the court. Um, and, and because there's new clerks and they are short staffed. And while the training is good, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of it goes over their head. And so they're rejecting things left and right. And some of the time I will push back and explain to them how they're wrong and it'll go through, but that takes more of my time. And then they have to take, you know, sometimes I have to um, try and talk to their supervisor if I can get through or write a letter, which is normally works and attach exhibits and show, hey, here's why this shouldn't happen. Uh, but sometimes the clients just want to get it through the court and we'll just, you know, go with what they say just to get it over with, as was the case with this quadro. They said that we just want to pay the fee and get this wrapped up. Okay. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what it's like to work with a divorce attorney versus working with us. Like, what does that process look like? And I can explain this to you because I worked for a law firm 13 years ago, back before I worked with the LA County court system. And I want you to know the difference of how that feels, the processes and so forth. And then I'll tell you how it works with us. And, and even though it's still divorce, it, it's going to seem like I'm explaining a totally different process. And I bring this up because I had a consultation last week and they said, Hey, I talked to attorneys. We got to do disclosures, which is true. We have to do um, all these steps and uh, all those, and it's all true, but they made it sound so complex because they're trying to justify their 5,000 or $7,500 retainer. And when I talked to her, she was confused because she said, Tim, it doesn't sound like we're talking about the same process. What about going to court? What about, you know, hearings and uh, all, you know, just the process. So I want to go over that and, and give me five minutes. And I'm gonna tell you the difference about working with an attorney and what that looks like versus working with us. So if you want to hire an attorney, this is what it looks like going in the door. You call the, you call the law firm and I'm gonna get very granular with you. You call the law firm and they're, you're going to talk to either the receptionist or one of their paralegals or intake uh, clerks. And you're going to say, Hey, I want to come in for a consultation and uh, you know, refer to you, whatever the case might be. And the first thing they're going to do is check your a conflict check, which means they're going to log in and see in their files if your spouse has previously consulted with them. Because if they have, they cannot um, consult with you. And what we were told to say a long time ago, my law firm is just say, sorry, we're unable to assist you and give no explanation, not even to tell them, hey, your, your spouse uh, already consulted. And I guess that makes sense, right? Because if this person's calling to, to get a consultation, we're like, oh, your spouse already called us. You know, we don't want to be that middleman. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not a problem now. Back then, they didn't want to get involved in that. So they say, sorry, can't assist you and just hang up and give no explanation. So first they do a conflict check. Then if 
no conflict, they'll schedule a consultation after quoting you a fee. They'll take some notes down about your case, what's going on, is there open case, et cetera, how long you've been married, is there kids, what's happening, and then um, schedule in for a consultation. Um, you'll come in, you'll have your consultation with your attorney, and after the consultation, they, they will go over, the, they'll talk about the cost, they'll have a retainer agreement for you, um, you know, the hourly fees of the attorneys and the paralegals, all that. And that process, so that intake is completely different than mine, which I'll, I'll get into that later. Then, you know, the first step is filing for divorce. That's the same here. Then the next step is to, you know, file it, get serve your spouse. So to probably get a process server and, and do it in a fashion that will stir the pot, having them personally served at home or work by a process server or the sheriff. Um, so, and that's going to kick things off in a pretty negative way, even if you guys were somewhat amicable. Then what's next? Your spouse is going to get served and they have 30 days to do their uh, response. In those cases, you have to respond. Your wife or your spouse has an attorney. And so now you're probably going to need an attorney and you need to go have a consultation. And then that person is going to file a response. We don't file responses in our cases because <clears throat> it's amicable. And I'll get into that. Then the next step is within 60 days, your attorney is probably going to have a communication with your others, with your spouse's attorney in saying, hey, you know, and if they're local, if they're all local, they'll probably just have a conversation and, and see what's what. The next step is to do the disclosures, and they will do the formal preliminary declaration of disclosures and serve those on, on your spouse, and the other party will do the same. Until that happens, you there's no usually no um, discussion of a settlement or terms or anything like that. Now, some attorneys, if there's some, you know, for a variety of reasons, they will also uh, propound discovery. And this is like going deeper into your finances other than just the preliminary declaration disclosure where you're basically giving kind of your most recent statements, bank accounts, pensions, income and expense, two years tax return, et cetera. This is discovery to say, we want to go deeper. We want to go five years deep, eight years deep. Maybe the, the marriage was 10 years, so they want to go 10 years deep. That can be very, very costly. So this is the information that the um, this client that hired me was talking about. And I said, look, our, our, our service is completely different than that. And again, I'll get into that in a second. So um, discovery is, is possibly done. If there's an agreement at that point, there'll be you know maybe four-way settlement agreements. And then that could finalize that way. Otherwise, no agreement, you're going to court. Someone's going to have to file a request for order. Go to, you know, you're going to have to prepare that. That's, you know, it's going to cost you another 2,500 bucks plus uh, fees to go to court. Uh, you're going to have a hearing. That's going to be more hourly fees. Uh, and that's for both of you, you and your spouse. They're going to go and argue the points for whatever you guys don't agree on. Spouse support, child support, custody, whatever. You'll come out of that hearing with orders from the judge. But guess what? Your divorce still isn't done. That is just a hearing on whatever issue is brought up. Like in the case I spoke about earlier, where they were just addressing spouse support. You still need to finalize your divorce and everything else. So let's assume that those, whatever issues you guys had were resolved and everything else you guys are able to figure out. Then you guys, then your attorneys can draft the settlement agreement, incorporate the order from the court, from whatever issue you had of that request for order, and then you guys can finalize. That's why this can take six months, a year, year and a half or longer, depending on how litigated your case is. Now, let me take that same case and tell you how it works with me. You hire me on day one, I get your initial paperwork drafted, filed, and you give me both you and your spouse's contact information. I add you to a portal so I can communicate with both of you as a neutral third party. Spouse is quote unquote served essentially because she received cop. I keep saying she, your spouse received um, copies of the filed case the same day we hired via email very, very, via the shared portal. 
So no one effectively has to get physically served, bonus number one. Um, and then I send out that settlement agreement worksheet I was talking about. Do you guys prepare that? If you're already in agreement, I draft that up. And um, everything looks good. Send out for electronic signatures. You electronically notarize it. You're done. Contrast with these, these this couple that hired me last week, they would have barely had their case filed and their spouse would be maybe getting served this week, whereas we have their entire divorce case completely done. Petition filed, all judgment forms, the settlement agreement signed, e-notarized. And now I think in on, February, on March 5th, I can e-file their judgment. They'll be approved and done. So that is the difference between working with us and working with an attorney uh, in both speed and lack of difficulty. But keep in mind, what's the number one reason that we're able to do this? Because both of you have to be amicable, cooperative, and sign off on everything. If you guys are emotionally driven and and causing you to fight, you're gonna that's gonna cause you guys to have to get attorneys, and it can take quite a bit of time to get your divorce finalized. Thanks for watching episode 51 of the Daily Perspective. We will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day.